2 Samuel chapter 11. Wasn't that wonderful? You glad to be here today? 2 Samuel chapter 11. I couldn't help but to turn over and read the verses that uh, through the inspiration of God, the old weeping prophet said, It is of the Lord's mercies that, th- that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Isn't he faithful this morning? Aren't you thankful for the thankfulness of God? What a mighty God we serve. When we're not faithful, he's faithful. When we're not there, he is there. And child of God, we can put our hope and we can put our faith and we can put all we have in the promises of God because he is faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Child of God, Are you faithful to Him? He's faithful to us. Are we faithful to Him? The Lord knows how to orchestrate all this, doesn't He? Won't you stand with me for the reading of God's Word. 2 Samuel chapter 11, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I want to talk about one of my favorite characters in the Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 11, and in verse 1, And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, But David tarried still in Jerusalem, and it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent messengers and took her, and she came unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. The woman conceived, and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and he went not down to his house. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down into his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou? Thou not from thy journey, and when thou didst thou not go down into thy house. And Uriah said unto David, The ark in Israel and Judah abide in tents. And my lord Joab and his servants of my lord are encamped in the open field. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? Friend, that's a faithful servant right there. As thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. David said to Uriah, Terry, here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. And and when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter, saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. 
And it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew that valiant men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word today. Give me power to preach your word. Open our hearts. And dear God, bless our souls today. Lord, we need your blessing. We need your joy. We need your peace that you offer us. Us as God's people, we're tired. Lord, we're tired of the old battle. We're tired of the devil. We're tired of fighting the enemy. And Lord, so many times the devil puts us in that place, in that position where we say, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. God, remind us today that it matters. Help us not to turn our back against you. Help us not to give in to the temptation of the world, but help us to be faithful to you. Help us to be faithful to your word. Help us to be faithful to our commitments. Dear God, we can do all this because you were faithful to us first. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject, does it really matter if I live for God? The question is, does it really matter if I live for God? And the reason that I ask this question, because I prayed that prayer, so many times the devil in our life will get us to the place spiritually that we do not think that it matters if we keep on going. So many times that we begin to serve the Lord and we begin to do the good things that God has called us to do and the devil brings discouragement in our life. He will bring enemies against us. He'll bring sin against us. He'll bring temptation against us. He'll bring lies against us. He'll bring discouragement against us. And he does all of these things to get us in the position that we get to the place that we say, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if I live for God anymore. It doesn't matter if I serve Him anymore. You know the way they've been treating me? It doesn't matter if I do it God's way anymore. How many times does the devil get you to that place? That he tempts us and lies to us and discourages us to the place and the point, you know, the way this world's been treating me and the way my family's been treating me, it just doesn't matter anymore. Well, child of God, it does matter. And if you're a child of the king, it does matter. And so many times we're at that place, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore, I'm going to go off. How many times y'all been there? Be honest now, come on, there you go. How many times y'all have done it? I've done it. Because I get to the place, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. That never works, folks. That never works. Don't do it. How many times we said, you know what? We're tired of being treated this way. I'm doing my best to serve God, and then that church is going to treat me that way. I've had enough. It doesn't matter anymore, child of God. It matters. Don't you let the devil lie to you. It matters if we serve God. It matters about our faithfulness to the Lord. It matters about our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It matters about our relationship with our local church. It matters. The devil says it doesn't matter. Child of God, be reminded this morning, it matters. It matters. And if it means a lot to God, it ought to mean a lot to us. 
And as we see the the text this morning, a very familiar passage of Scripture, uh, King David is there in his castle on his roof, and he looks, and he sees this beautiful woman. And he inquired to see who this woman was. And at the end of the day, this was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Now Uriah the Hittite was a servant of the king. He was out fighting the battles. And while this man was being faithful and out doing his job, the king betrayed him and he had an affair with Bathsheba. And then to make matters worse, Bathsheba became pregnant. And instead of uh, repenting of their sins and getting things right, David said, I'm going to try to sweep my sin under the rug. And so he got Uriah to come home, and he said, I want you to go lie with your wife. And all David was doing was trying to cover up his sin. Okay? And Uriah would not do that because he said, My king's men and all the, the, the army of Israel is out in the battlefield. Who am I to go home and alive with my wife and to eat and to drink while the king's men are out battling? He said, I'm going to be faithful to, to the king. And so he slept there at the gate of the king. Boy, that's faithful right there, isn't it? Man, I'll tell you, he said, I- I'm not going to go home. Man, he hadn't seen his wife in no, no time. How long? He said, I'm going to stay here with the king because this is where I belong. The king got mad and he got him drunk. You know the story here. He could not get his way. And so instead of King David, the man after God's own heart, instead of him repenting and getting right, he said, you know what? I'm going to send you to your death. And I'm going to send you out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you to the hottest part of the battle. And I'm going to send you to your death. You say, well, preacher, that's not a good story. But I want you to think about something. Uriah lived faithfully. And you can say what you want to about Uriah the Hittite, but this man was faithful. Number one, he was faithful to his wife. There's a lot of people that's not faithful to their families anymore. Child of God, we ought to be faithful to our wife. We ought to be faithful to our husbands. We ought to be faithful to our homes and to our families and our kids. I'm telling you, Bathsheba was wrong. David was wrong. Joab was wrong. But Uriah was right. Because he remained faithful to his wife. He remained faithful to his king. He remained faithful to every command that his king gave him. No matter how his king treated him, he treated his king the right way. His king done him wrong, but he did his king right. It doesn't matter how people treat you, but it matters how we treat them. It doesn't matter how unfaithful everybody's been to us, but child of God, it matters how faithful we've been to them. Because God has called us to faithfulness. And this man of God was faithful to his wife, he was faithful to his king, and he was faithful to his commander, Joab. He trusted this man. He trusted this man. And this man sent him to his death. Was Joab wrong? Absolutely. But this man Uriah died doing the right thing. This man Uriah died being faithful to his wife, to his king, to his commander, and to his God. This man was a child of God and there's no doubt about it. Amen? He was a child of the king. And he remained faithful to his wife. He remained faithful to his king and to his commander. But most of all, he was faithful to God. Child of God, we need to be faithful to those things that God has called us to. If if you have a family today, be faithful to your family. If you have commitments today, be faithful to your commitments. And by all means, be faithful to God. 
Be faithful to God. You see, sometimes things and circumstances get in our life and we say, it just doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to walk away. How many daddies and mamas walk away from their families every day because they think it doesn't matter? Husband, wife, it matters. Mom and daddy, it matters. How many times that we want to walk away from our commitments because we think it doesn't matter? It matters. How many times we want to walk away from God? How many times we want to walk away from the church because we're discouraged? If any man had a right to be discouraged, it was Uriah the Hittite. But he remained faithful. Child of God, you remain faithful. He lived faithfully, but he looked foolishly. He looked like a fool, didn't he? By the world's standards, he looked like a fool. The woman that he was so loyal to cheated on him and lied to him and betrayed him. But it never put him in a position where he became unfaithful to his wife. The king that he loved so dearly lied to him and cheated on him and sent him to his death. The world say, what a fool. But this man was faithful. He wasn't a fool. He was faithful. His commander betrayed him and led him to his death. He looked like a fool. This man was so faithful and they treated him in a terrible way. How many times do we get to this place and the devil says, it doesn't matter anymore. Child of God, it matters. And the world would look and say, this man was so faithful to God, but God was not faithful to him. Because God allowed all this to happen. You listen to me. You quit blaming God for things that man does to you. Huh. This world looked at him and said, what a fool. This man was so faithful to God, but God was not faithful to him. Yes, he was. God didn't do this to Uriah the Hittite. The world did. Man did. The devil did. Don't you blame God for what man has done to you. Amen? Be faithful. Yes, to the world he looked like a fool, but to God he was faithful. It doesn't matter how much wrong is going on around you, you remain faithful. Because the devil's going to say it doesn't matter, but child of God, it does. Why? Number one, it matters because of grace. I want you to look in 2 Samuel 11 and verse 6. If you're with me, say Amen. 2 Samuel eleven six, And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. The very name of Uriah reveals the grace of God upon this man. This man had evil all around him. But he could not lose his testimony. He had to remain faithful to the Lord because of grace. You see, Uriah lived in a place that he didn't deserve to live. The very name of Uriah reveals the grace of God about his life. Do you remember when the nation of Israel was fixing to go into the promised land and God gave them a command? I want you to go in and I want you to destroy all the Ike folks. You remember that? One of the first ones he said, the Hittites. I want you to go in and I want you to destroy them. I want you to wipe away the seed of the Hittites. And of course, uh, Israel disobeyed God. And so here we find years later, this man by the name of Uriah the Hittite, who should have lost his life, who should have never been born, who should have never been living in the nation of Israel, should have never been living in the city of Jerusalem. But there he was by the sovereign hand of God. By the grace of God, he lived in a place 
that he didn't deserve to live. Way back yonder, he should have lost his life. Way back yonder, he should have never been born. Way back yonder, his seed should have been wiped away. But by the grace of God, he's living in the city of Jerusalem. By the grace of God, he's living in that chosen place of God. I'm telling you, that's grace, folks. Because he was living in a place that he didn't deserve to live. You know why it mattered to Uriah? Because he was thankful for the grace of God. putting him in a place that he didn't deserve to live. I'm telling you right here, right now, it matters. It matters if I live for God, and it matters because of grace. Because I'm telling you, God has let me live in a place that I don't deserve to live. He's going to let me go to a land that I don't deserve to go to. Bless God, He is allowing me to live in this place that I don't deserve to live. I deserve to go to hell. I don't deserve to be right here at Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. I don't deserve to be the pastor here. I don't deserve to live in America, the greatest country in all the world. I don't deserve all of these blessings of this place that I get to live in. But every day I get to wake up in the greatest country, in the greatest city, in the greatest state. Bless God, the greatest community. To get to go to the greatest church, as far as I'm concerned, that ever existed. Amen. Amen. Well, it don't matter. Yes, it does. Because I am where I am because God allowed me to be here. And it's because of His grace that we are here in this place today. It's because of His sovereign hand that He put us here. And that's why I'm not going to walk away from the place God put me. Isn't He good today? I want you to look with me in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, if you're with me, say Amen. Uriah lived in a place he didn't deserve to live. But Uriah became somebody that he didn't deserve to be. 1 Corinthians 15. Uriah the Hittite became a servant of King David. He was part of the greatest army on earth. Isn't that awesome? He he, He became a servant of God. He wasn't worthy to be saved. He wasn't worthy to be a a member of the army of Israel. He didn't deserve to be who he was. But by the grace of God, he was who he was. The Apostle Paul said it like this. Notice verse 9. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles. that am not me to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. You listen to this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. In His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Do you know why we need to be faithful? Because God's been faithful to us. And by His grace, we're living in a place that we don't deserve to live. And by His grace, we're living a life that we don't deserve to live. May I tell you today that I am what I am because of the grace of God. Do you know why it matters? Because God's grace has brought me too far to stop going now. God's grace has gotten me out of sin. God's grace has gotten me out of destruction. God's grace has gotten me out of this world. I'm telling you, He brought me to be a preacher. And I'm telling you, if I can be a preacher, anybody can be a preacher. I'm the lowest of lows. And I'm not one of them preachers that think, well, you look at me and look at my righteous life. I'm the chiefest of sinners. 
I'm telling you, I don't deserve to stand behind this pulpit. I don't deserve to be your pastor and leader. I'm unworthy to be who I am. But I am what I am because God's grace allowed me to be this. I am who I am because of Him. And that's why it matters if I keep on going. That's why it matters if I get up in the morning and keep on serving God because I'm living a life that doesn't even belong to me. I'm a person that I'm not really because God allowed me to be this individual. You know why it matters? It matters because of grace. If it was up to us, we'd all be in the world. We'd all be dying and going to hell. But by the grace of God, we're born again. By the grace of God, we're headed to a place. Oh man, that gets me excited. I'm living a life. I get to be somebody that I'm really not. Well, he's a sorry preacher. I am. You tag me right. I'm sorry and I'm undeserving and I'm unworthy. People say, well, they're running that preacher down. I deserve to be run down. But I am what I am because of Him. By His grace, He made me somebody that I'm really not. Well, that preacher's a hypocrite. I am. You're right. But it's by God's grace. Not my merit, not my work, not my last name, but the precious blood of Jesus that cleansed me and washed me and redeemed me. And I am what I am because of the precious blood of Christ. That's why i got to keep on going. That's why I can't lose my testimony. That's why I can't lose my temper. Because I'm in a place and I'm a person that God allowed me to be. And this very life that I have is not mine, but it's His now. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. You're living this life because God allowed you to live it. Well, I'm my own man. And I work, and I get up, and I go, and I do, and I provide for my family. You get out of bed because God allows you to get out of bed. You put your britches on every day because God gives you the strength to put them on. And if it wasn't for God's grace, you wouldn't be able to do it. The very life that you're living is a gift from God. My family's a gift from God. My salvation's a gift from God. I don't deserve it, but He gave it to me. How unworthy. How unworthy. Uriah had this life given to him. He was undeserving of it. He should have said something. He should have threw a fit. He should have got mad at Bathsheba or King David. But God's been too good. Why does it matter, preacher? Number one, because of grace. Number two, because of grief. I want you to look in Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. You ever heard that old saying that ignorance is bliss? And I used to want to know everything. And I used to think, man, I need to know that. I've changed my ways. <laughs> I don't mind being ignorant. I don't mind not knowing. And we look at the life at Uriah and we say, well, he didn't know. Maybe he did know. We don't really know. It appears that he didn't know. But let me tell you something. It matters because of grief. This man was so faithful to God that he lived a life of peace, joy, and happiness. When everybody else was miserable, he had a peace. That was beyond comprehension. He had a joy that was from another world. I want you to notice Isaiah 57 verse 15. 
For thus saith the high lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isn't God faithful to us? That when we are faithful to Him and we maintain our integrity and we maintain our witness and our testimony that He allows us to live a life of peace, joy, and happiness not based upon the circumstances of the world but based upon our relationship with Jesus Christ. And this man, oh, there was grief all the way around but not in Uriah's heart. There was joy and there was peace. You say, well, he lived, he looked like a fool. He didn't feel like a fool. He felt like the richest man on earth because he remained faithful to God and God blessed him for it. You hear me? Don't give in to the world. His faithfulness overcame his thoughts and worries. Well, he didn't know. Well, maybe he did know. But maybe his vision and his heart was so set upon God and so set upon the commitments that he made unto the Lord, to his wife, and to his king, that his faithfulness trumped his worries. That every time the devil came to him and said, you ought to be asking questions. You ought to ask Bathsheba what's going on. I'm telling you, the devil will drive you crazy. I'm telling you, the little doubts, the little thoughts, the little worries. But his faithfulness overcame the worries. He was so set. He was so had a vision for what God had called him to do that that vision and that faithfulness to God and to the king and to the wife was first. And that no matter the thoughts and the worries and the doubts and the sin, no matter what was going on around him, he remained faithful. He kept on being faithful. He said, I ain't worried about that. God handled that. Quit fighting your battles and let God fight them. No worried about them. God's got them. I'm telling you, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God can handle your enemies. God can handle your doubts. He can handle your worries. You put your focus on the job at hand. You get your focus on serving the King. And I promise you, that focus and that faithfulness will trump all of these worries. How many times we're fired up and we're pumped and the devil comes to you and say, well, that church is no good. They don't appreciate you like you, like, like you deserve. And here you are serving. Hey, nobody appreciates you. That devil ever done that to you? That church family don't really love you. Well, it don't matter if I go there anymore. Yes, it does. Don't let the devil win. People are quitting every single day because the devil has filled us with lies. I sit over there on Saturday night praying my heart out. And I'm thinking, man, people don't like me. They don't want me to be pastor. You say, well, that's, that's goofy. That's natural. Then people don't, don't, don't want me to be pastor. They don't want me to preach. I get here on Sunday and everything's fine. It's not near as bad as I thought it was because the devil's a liar and he's a fool. And we've got to quit letting him win. And we've got to allow our focus to be on the faithfulness to our King and to our God. He's been too good to turn back now. You keep serving the Lord. You get your focus on Him and God will take care of your enemy. I want you to look in verse 20 of Isaiah 57. But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, whose water casts up mire and dirt, there is no peace, saith God, to the wicked. 
So here's this man that was faithful. But he didn't have to go through the grief that everybody else had to go through. Because he was faithful and his eyes were set upon the Lord, he did not have to experience what Bathsheba had to experience. Uriah don't know what it felt like to lose a child. Bathsheba did. Uriah never felt the grief of losing a child, but King David did. And though he may look like a fool, God protected this man. And God shielded this man from the worries and the world and the lie. No matter how bad this world was to him, God protected him. Say, preacher, he lost his life. If you're saved, you don't lose your life when you die. You gain it. Huh. Well, better than the grave, not if you're a child of the king. Grave means heaven, folks. I'm not going to a grave. I'm going to glory land. Uriah, he didn't go to a grave. He went to heaven. I'm telling you, he went to the abode where God prepared for him. Oh, it matters, folks. Because he never got to experience the grief that the world had to experience. David felt grief. He lost a son. He had another son take a daughter and rape the daughter. He had a son that tried to dethrone him. David was a man after God's own heart, but he was a troubled man. He had grief and faced grief all of his life. You know why? Because he was unfaithful at times. He was sinful at times. And he had to pay for it. But Uriah never felt it, never experienced it, because he remained faithful to the Lord. You live a righteous life, and you'll never have to deal with the things that the world has to deal with. God will shield you, and God will protect you. Preachers, you don't know what they've done to me. i got to get them back. You let God get them back. Because you listen to this verse right here. Notice this last verse. There is no peace, saith God, to the wicked. They will have to grieve and deal with the guilt of that sin and the wickedness and the world in which they live. Uriah never had to live with it. He lived with the peace and the joy and the satisfaction of God. Notice 2 Samuel chapter 23. I'm almost done. It matters because of grief. It matters because of God. 2 Samuel chapter 23. And I'm going to tell you something. When you get in sin, it, it, it bothers God's people. The conviction is there. And let me tell you something. Uriah went on the glory land and everything was good, but David had to live with that sin. David had to live with that guilt and that grief. But God protected Uriah. Isn't that beautiful? Child of God, you keep focus on the Lord and God's going to protect you. You say, well, why does it matter? It matters because of God. Your testimony and your integrity as a man or a woman, it matters. You maintain yourself. You maintain your ways before the Lord. And God's going to bless you. Uriah had a testimony that was remembered and seen by the people around him. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 8, these be the names of the mighty men whom David had. He begins to list all of his mighty men. King David had a lot of mighty men. Won't you go to verse 39? He lists the very last one. Could it be that he saved the best for last? Uriah the Hittite, 37 in all. David never forgot the testimony of this man. He never forgot the faithfulness of this man. 
And though the world was evil and though the world was laughing at him, every day King David had to wake up to the fact of what he did to Uriah the Hittite. And he had to live with the guilt and the shame of that. But every day, the man that became a man after God's own heart remembered the testimony, the integrity, and the moral conduct of Uriah the Hittite. And I believe it made an impact in King David's life. And I believe the testimony of King Uriah just was a highlight in King David's life. King David became one of the greatest men of God. Why? Because he had a man by the name of Uriah that lived it in front of him. He showed him what faithfulness was. He showed him what integrity was. He showed him what morals were. Notice in Matthew 1, and we're going to be done. Matthew 1. Oh, it just doesn't matter. It matters because of God. Don't you lose your testimony. Don't lose your witness. The world's watching. You say, preacher, the world don't know and sometimes they don't know. But let me remind you of this. God knows. God knows. Matthew 1, we have the genealogy of Christ. Oh, isn't this beautiful? In verse 6, And Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Urias, a Hittite, undeserving to be a Jew, to live in the city of Jerusalem is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Why didn't they say Bathsheba? Why did they even bring up Bathsheba or that situation? Because God said, the world may not remember Uriah, but I remember. And I remember what He did for me. And I remember His faithfulness. You listen to me. God will honor your faithfulness. God will reward your faithfulness. I know you want to quit. <clears throat> I know you think it doesn't matter, but God is watching, folks. It matters because God is watching. It matters because of grace. It matters because of grief. And bless God, it matters because of God. Well, the world don't know how faithful I've been, but God does. And that's all that matters. You may be in a hole living by yourself and nobody sees you, but God sees you. I don't care how evil the world is to you. I don't care how wrong the world has done you, how wrong that your family's done you or your church family. It matters, folks. It matters today. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't lose your testimony. Don't lose your temper. Don't lose your witness for, for God. Keep on going. Keep on going. It don't matter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Miss V, I got to see a lot of folks get saved. What a blessing. I would have never got to see them if I quit. How different my life would be today if 10 years ago I said, God, I'm done. 14 years ago Friday, I surrendered to the ministry. And it's been tough. It's been a battle. The devil's lied to me. He's betrayed me. People have been evil around me at times. But God has been faithful at all times. And folks, it matters. Well, preacher, I'd go down there if old so-and-so wasn't sitting in a pew. Y'all ever said that? Don't you lie. 
You ever hear that? Yep. I'd be, man, I'd be serving God if it wasn't for so-and-so. So-and-so didn't die for you. So-and-so didn't give their life for you, but Jesus did. And if you go into church for so-and-so, you got a bad problem. Don't you come to this church for so-and-so. You come here for Jesus. Because you love Him and you want to respect Him and worship Him and honor Him because He's been faithful to you. we got to quit letting our enemies run us. We got to quit letting our families run us, and we need to let God run us. And our love and compassion for Him to guide us and lead us. Well, I would be down there if Sister So and So wasn't there. Let me tell you something Jesus is there. You get as close as you can to Jesus. And I promise you, Jesus will take care of Sister So and So. Jesus got your enemies, He's got your doubts. He has your fears if you put it in His hands. I see a lot of Christians today that are holding back because they don't think it matters. I see a lot of Christians today that are holding back in their relationship with God because they don't think it matters. Preacher, I'd be faithful, but this one's done me this way and the world's done me this way. Friend, the world is horrible, but God is good. The world has persecuted us, but God has blessed us. Don't blame God for how the world has treated you. Let go of that crutch. Let go of that excuse. And lay it down and say, God, here it is. Don't you let anything get in the way of you serving the King.